Let's go ahead and uh, uh, start with our, our next guest on the program. I would like to introduce you. Uh, our next guest has been with Peace River Center for more than 20 years as the Director of Crisis Response Services for Peace River Center. He has over 30 years of various mental health and psychiatric emergency health care experience. He's a licensed clinical social worker, a trained crisis hostage negotiator, and a certified field traumatologist. He's a master trainer, certified instructor for crisis intervention team training, and works closely with Polk County Sheriff's Office, Lakeland Police, and other law enforcement agencies. He's also been deployed to various locations nationally and internationally to provide disaster behavioral health response. Please welcome with me to the show, Kirk Bassauer. Good morning, Kirk. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Did I get everything in? You did. Okay. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there, exactly. <laughs> well, see, and, 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 and like me, I mean, I've got over 30 years doing this. you got over 30 years doing what you, doing what you do. When you look back, you don't realize how much that you've done exactly. over all of that time. Exactly. Until somebody says it. And then you're you like, go, oh, my God, who is that? Yeah, and you're like five <laughs> minutes later, on. finished it all up, and then you're good to go. Yeah, so so uh, you're the director of crisis services at uh, Peace River Center right now. And uh, tell us uh, what that mostly entails for you on okay. a daily basis. Oh, on a daily basis. Well, uh, I oversee a, a team that has uh, several uh, tasks at its disposal. One of them is our our uh, emotional support line. It's a crisis line that's available 24-7. And if folks would uh, need to get some emotional support, all they need to do is call in at 519-3744. You know, just remember that number for either yourselves or somebody you know who might be uh, struggling with some stuff mm-hmm. and just need to talk to somebody who's not part of it. Uh, just that unbiased opinion. So again, 519-3744. You know, give it out, use it yourself. I don't care. Write it on the bathroom wall for a good time call. You know, yeah. somebody's going to answer. <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah. So there's there's that part of it. And then we, we just ventured into, I want to say in the last uh, few months here, the beginning of the year, we, we started a text and chat feature. Uh, so if people go to our website at peacerivercenter.org, uh, they can tap into a, a text or a chat feature um, to speak to a counselor as well. And so uh, they can... So not necessarily over voice, but uh, over chat. Correct, text. correct. So some people are a little bit more comfortable doing that. So Absolutely. you don't have to hear yeah. me, but here's here it is. And um, we, Get we, it out. Get it out, exactly. Or old school like me and rather hear a voice. Yeah. But, yeah, right. uh, you know... Yeah, but I mean, like some people aren't comfortable with like, you right. know, that, that seems too intimate sometimes. Right. So it's, uh, right. being able to text is a little mm. more comfortable. That's exactly. Cool. All right. Our, then, our guest is uh, Kirk Fassauer, and uh, he is the Director of Crisis Services at the Peace River Center. Kirk, thanks a lot for being here today. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, May Mental Health Awareness Month. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure if it shouldn't be all 12 months of the year, uh, but uh, they, they do put out uh, the month of May as a Mental Health Awareness Month. And uh, we like to do what we can to uh, try to introduce Peace River Center to our listeners and uh, let them know what you guys do. So uh, as far as uh, crisis response services, what exactly does that mean? Uh, When someone is in crisis, then what happens next? Yeah, sure, sure. So there's a couple of ways that we get it activated, basically. Uh, We have our 24-hour crisis line. That's Mm. 519-3744 for those folks who are local. Um, They're welcome to call that anytime, day or night, talk about any any type of issue. Um, uh, they just need that unbiased opinion to come in and 
run some things by, they're welcome to do that or to get some information on what uh, uh, is out there that is available for uh, mental health resources. Uh, there's a welcome to call that as well. So it's a, a it's a very broad kind of crisis line. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, crisis counselors who are mobile. We are a mobile team, so the crisis does not necessarily need to come to us. We can go to it, and mm-hmm. it being your home, uh, we go into the schools, we've gone to emergency rooms, we go into doctor's offices, local Winn-Dixie parking lot, I mean, wherever. Uh, we'll, we'll go We'll go and, and talk wherever that person needs, needs some help and, yeah. and try to de-escalate the situation. And the whole point is to, you know, it, people hear about the, the Baker Act and they think, oh, I can have somebody taken away and they'll get some help immediately. And the Baker Act is really a temporary kind of setup. It's what I, what I tell people when I train on the Baker Act itself, and that's the Florida Mental Health Act um, for individuals who are in a, a psychiatric kind of emergency. Yeah. Um, so what I tell people about that is really that is an instant ticket to see a psychiatrist because it's only a, up to a three-day stay uh, at one of the facilities. Mm-hmm. And they get evaluated and assessed as to what's going on. And then and then, and it's the start of treatment. And from there, they jump into uh, aftercare services. So once they get out of that kind of situation, we, we help get them connected to, to services uh uh, in the community. So the crisis response team will go out there and try to see if there's a, a least restrictive kind of environment or situation that we can set people up so that they don't have to go inpatient. We re- mm. really strive to to get them connected to community services so that they don't have to be locked up for a few days yeah. um, in, in a psychiatric facility. So, um, so that's what we work very hard with. And because of that mobility, we work very closely with local law enforcement. Mm. Uh, we have a really good relationship with uh, the Polk County Sheriff's Office. Uh, so much so that my program has expanded in recent uh, year or so uh, that we are now placing crisis counselors at each of the Sheriff's Office uh, district locations. Substations. Substations yeah. throughout the county. Okay. So we've got that's a couple good. of counselors there who respond to you know, that immediate emergency, but they're also there to work on doing a follow-up because when law enforcement initiates uh, a Baker Act, somebody goes into care and then they come back out, they have this whole aftercare plan. They're just kind of left on their own lots of Mm. times to kind of, you know, stumble through the the mental health system, which is chaotic and uh, even chaotic for some of us who work in it. But we we try to help guide people through that process. And so what we're doing in in the sheriff's office is doing some follow-ups so that um, after a deputy has initiated uh, a Baker Act, the person goes into care, they come back out, they're going to get a phone call from one of my team members saying, hey, how you doing? We want to make sure you're doing okay. Can we help you out, get connected to some services? Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe even help you kind of de-escalate and learn some new coping uh, strategies so that uh, we don't get into that situation again. Right, um, and we've been very, very successful in, in reducing the number of uh, uh, mental health calls into the the sheriff's department. You actually have um, deputies that go through your training, also, mm-hmm. correct, and are able to be a part of the crisis response team. Yes, yes, it's called CIT, Crisis yeah. Intervention Team Training, and yeah. it's a it's a very large international movement on educating law enforcement in how to work with somebody who has a mental illness. Right. Uh, folks get into law enforcement because they want to protect and serve people and they understand the law and all mm-hmm. of that, but they don't get a lot of mental health training. 
So um, out of tragedy bore this whole process called CIT. And it's a 40-hour class that uh, officers go through. And they, um, here in our community, the sheriff, Grady Judd, had uh, said years ago, I want all my deputies trained in it. And so everybody at the Polk County Sheriff's Office has gone through the training. Okay. Um, we're talking dispatchers. We're talking folks in, in the jail. We're talking uh, folks on the street. Everybody has gone through that training. So they have a much broader understanding of how to uh, not only w- what they what the mental illness may look like, yeah. but they also kind of have a way to start to de-escalate the situation. So they can recognize somebody who has a mental health issue rather than somebody who's just misbehaving. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And it's like a sensitivity I think that's training. Very, I think that's very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a sensitive, sensitivity sort of training also, it mm-hmm. seems like also. Yeah. So, so it's, it's been, we've been doing that here in Polk County since about 2003. Yeah. And uh, I've had the, the pleasure of uh, training close to 4,000 uh, law enforcement officers in this community. Mm-hmm. Um, and surrounding communities, because Hardy and Highlands County send folks up up our way wow, as well. Right. That is so many. Well, and, awesome. and and you know, you, you think about some of the the big national stories that that, that come to my mind: uh, the Colorado theater shooting, where you know, yeah. uh, this kid was obviously uh, not in this reality when he did this. Uh, right. You know, right. went into that theater and shot it up. Um, even Nicholas Cruz with the shooting yeah. in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like to me he was uh, thinking in the same, you know, the same kinds of thoughts that uh, the your average everyday Joe thinks. Absolutely, absolutely. And how, and it, how do you how do you help somebody when they've gotten to that point, or can you even? Well, you, you can, you can. the The issue with those kinds of examples are they are the extreme. Right. They're actually the the very few. Uh, most individuals with uh, mental health conditions are not violent. Mm. Um, and as a matter of fact, some with more serious, uh, long-term, persistent kind of mental illnesses tend to be more victims of crime as opposed to perpetrators of crime. However, what happens is the the, the odd cases get highlighted, um, and it helps create some somewhat of a healthy dialogue because very often in the past, mental health was a a shameful secret. There was a yeah. huge stigma around right. it. You used to just lock people away. Exactly. For, yeah. for, if you look back at the history, some very benign issues they mm. got locked away for, but yeah. we've gotten more educated around how to, how to treat people and how people uh, recover quicker and in various environments, um, in their own home environment. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's great to be able to have that dialogue, mm. uh, good or bad, you know. It, but we're still talking about it, and it's in everybody's in the forefront of everybody's mind. Uh, it's a kind of a double-edged sword, though, right. because you've got people that we start that dialogue, mm. and then all of a sudden, it's it's like, well, everyone's got this illness. Well, not quite. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. It, it gets highlighted, and like, I do that. Oh my God, I've got that oh, illness. No. Mm. Um, but that's that's not always the case. But at least we're having that discussion, and it is bringing the stigma down, little by little. People are talking more about emotional impacts of what's going on in our world and how that does impact our worldview. We're speaking with Kirk Fassauer. He's the Director of Crisis Response Services and Professional Development at the Peace River Center, May, Mental Health Awareness Month. Now, the person that's affected by the, the mental 
health issue or the mental illness, if you will, not the only people that you have to deal with. He's got friends, family members. He or she has friends or family members that uh, are affected by their behavior as well. Correct. Um, What do you tell those people to do to help out the person who is uh, having the crisis? Right. Good question. The, the, the thing we do with family members who have somebody who is <clears throat> developing a, a, a mental illness or is really coming into the, the illness, if you will, yeah. um, and they're starting to see the signs and the odd behaviors that come with some of the illnesses, mm. what we do is educate them. Um, be aware of the signs and symptoms. Be aware of when they may be taking medication, when they may be not taking their medication. Because some people, they feel better. They don't feel like they need to take the medication anymore. And in some cases, the medication makes them feel worse. And yeah. it's, it's like, okay, we got to get through, you know, some of these side effects and and, and um, uh, get to the, the, the good side. Because sometimes you have to get through that, that wall. And once you get past that wall... They start to feel much better. And Why do you think it's so difficult to, to get past that wall, though? In, in some cases, I know people will take medicine, they'll feel better, they'll stop taking it, then they, uh, you know, regress. Or, you know, they take the medicine and it, and it doesn't make them feel good, so they stop taking it. Um, why do you think it's so hard to find out what exactly an individual needs? Yeah, it. well, because we're all individuals. That's, yeah. that's the big thing. And the okay. pharmaceutical industry is a multi-billion dollar industry and there are all different types of medications out there and that's because we are individuals and so it does take some time so what works for me may not work for you may not work for nick you know yeah. mm-hmm. um and so it takes some time and it's really that relationship that the person has with their psychiatrist in in trying to figure out what what works well for them and to layer into that how we've been socialized with medicine is that you know once i feel better i don't need this medicine anymore yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so right. you start to feel good, and it's like, okay, I, I'm I, cured. Yeah, I can stop now. Yeah, yeah. And in, in a lot of cases, um, it's not. It doesn't work that way. It's just like you know, uh, taking medicine for heart disease or diabetes. You know, you need to take some of that medication ongoingly for the rest of your life. Sure. Yeah. And so it's again about educating individuals. So then, when we talk about side effects of some of the medications, oh, that adds another layer of of. Uh, hurdle, just <laughs> um, because there there are some medications you start to take and you start to feel nauseous and dizzy and it's your body is just adjusting to a new chemical in your in your body. Yeah, um, and it takes a little bit of time for it to get in balance, and so there'll be maybe a few days a week where somebody has to struggle with some of that nausea, dizziness, and whatnot. But once they get on the other side, it starts to level off, and people mm-hmm. feel a lot better, and, and some of the symptoms go away. Let's take a quick call. Good morning. You're live on Mame the AM. Who's this? This is Quiet Combat, Lynn. What's up, um, Quiet? My background, my background's in mental health, and I think it's important to realize how lucky we are to be in a society that has places like Peace River because, um, you know, asylum... The reason they're called insane asylums, the reason they came back, people think of them as prisons, but they were actually, asylum means safety. Compared to what the people that were living there were experiencing at home, where they were locked in closets or tied to beds and stuff, they were extremely protective. And unfortunately, um, you think about cultures like Japan, we think of them as very modern, but in Japan, it's still a very big shame for you to have a mentally ill 
family member, and mm-hmm. they are still keeping people literally locked in closets Just and away. there because they they don't want their friends and family, other family members, to know that they are there because okay. of the shame that, that it brings to the family. That's wild. Well, thanks uh, for the input, Clyde. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, different cultures. It, he's right. We're very fortunate to be yeah. be where we are where we are at because of the way we we take care of our our own um and and have highlighted this particular issue Hmm. other countries not not so uh forthcoming or open about that because of it's it's a cultural difference and it's unfortunate but it it does happen what do you look for in a person who's been uh, dealing with mental health issues um that they've had a quote-unquote breakthrough but they realize they have to keep taking this medication if they want to uh, lead a, a, a you know a normal life. I mean, I say normal life, you know, normal is a different definition for lots of people. Right. right. Uh, but uh, you know, just able to go to work and maintain a house, have a family. There are people who take this medication uh, right now that you probably know, and they're uh, you know they have a, a house and they have a family and they're yeah, living their life. Absolutely. Um, what kind of uh, w- I don't know. How, how do you see that in, in somebody? Um, well, uh, sometimes it, it it happens quickly, and sometimes it takes a very long time, and, and there are folks, unfortunately, that never come to that realization. Mm. Um, uh, one of the more serious of the mental illnesses, schizophrenia. Yeah. For example, one of the symptoms is the, the lack of insight that they're sick, and that is – one that's very difficult to overcome because right. they see you possibly as a threat when you're really trying to help them. The medication you give them, they see that as a threat or something that's going to harm them, so they they shy away from it. Um, so patience, a lot of patience, a lot of you know education over and over again. Mm. Uh, and we have many folks with the illness of schizophrenia in our communities who do very well. They um, may not have... Um, risen to the level of what they had hoped to do uh, at one point, but they've, they've altered their, their life plan and yeah. uh, have to understand that they're going to live with this particular illness for a very long time. And they've got supports. That's a big thing is having the social support that, that, and it doesn't necessarily have to be family, but it, it's always nice when it is family, yeah. but the people around them that lift them up in their down times, uh, helps them maintain their medication and helps their, uh, recovery. And that's one thing that uh, you guys at Peace River Center do. Uh, Kirk Fassauer is our guest. He's the Director of Crisis Response Services and Professional Development at Peace River. And uh, Kirk, thank you very much for coming on the show today. I appreciate that. May Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, give us the crisis line and the phone number again and you guys' website. If anybody has any questions, they can uh, sure. go there to find them out, right? Sure, sure. Absolutely. And again, thank you for having us on. Um, Absolutely. It's been fun. It's my pleasure. The, um, the crisis line number is 519-3744. Again, that's 519-3744. And our website that's 24 is hours a day, right? 24 hours a day. Yeah. And our website is peacerivercenter.org. Perfect. Kirk, thanks a lot. Appreciate you coming in. I know thanks I spoke again. to you on the phone last year. Uh, because they didn't allow people to come in here. But uh, it's good to see you. <laughs> good to see you, man.